I'm now inserting explicit content warnings in all of my podcasts because some of these stories may be triggering to some listeners. So please proceed at your own discretion. I also want to take the opportunity to apologize for any echo or feedback you might hear on these telephone interviews. Oftentimes, people may have poor reception or poor connectivity, and there can be ambient noise, but I do my best to try to edit the audio. I think the most important thing to understand is that the content is really the most crucial piece surrounding these stories. Sixteen-year-old Asia Wilbon went missing from Kent, Washington, February 13, 2020. It's been over a year and no one has heard from her. I originally heard about this case from a Seattle news anchor, Brandy Cruz, on Q13 Fox. Brandy posted on her Facebook page that Asia was missing and she was asking for the public's help. Of course, I jumped in to help. I mean, this is a teenager who suddenly vanished in our city. It was an honor communicating with Brandy regarding her post. She told me that she was reporting on a completely different story in Seattle, and a man happened to hand her a flyer regarding Asia's disappearance. She said that it broke her heart to learn this young girl disappeared. So I want to take the time and thank Brandy for reaching out to the public for help and for taking time to talk with me. So please share this podcast. Asia's family is desperate for answers and just wants to find her and bring some sort of closure. On February 13th, 2020, 16-year-old Asia Wilbon went missing. She was living with her father and stepmother, Sharon, at the time of her disappearance. Asia's father and biological mother had shared custody of her. During the summer, Asia would come and live with Sharon and her father in Kent, Washington. Asia's biological mother sadly passed away on February 3rd, 2020. The day before her mother's funeral, on February 14th, Asia mysteriously disappeared. According to Sharon, Asia took her keys and her cell phone when she vanished. She feels that Asia was distraught and maybe just needed to go for a walk to clear her head. Sharon said that Asia was introverted and didn't have many friends, so the thought that Asia might have gone to a friend's house just isn't logical. I had the honor of speaking to Sharon, Asia's stepmother. Okay, so um, it's my husband's daughter, and she was living with us, and their biological mom passed away last year on February 3rd, and her funeral was on the 15th, and we were leaving town on the 14th, so the day before we were to leave to go back east. To the funeral, she took off. My, uh, their parents shared uh, your custody, my husband and their mom. They 
they share legal custody. So they used to come every summer. We got them every summer. So the last summer that she came, summer of 2019, she decided that she wasn't going back, so she stayed. She didn't take anything with her other than her keys and her cell phone. I don't think, I think she just went out, like, distraught, just walking and not knowing, you know, what she was doing or where she was going, because she didn't have any friends. She was a total introvert. Um, when the police checked her computer, she hadn't accessed any websites or anything, just her homeschool. That was the only thing on her computer. Um, so I think that she went out and maybe just, maybe fell into the wrong hands shortly after she left. Her phone went dead, and um, we haven't heard from her since. Just in a bad head space. I mean, because she, she was feeling guilty about not living with her mom because she wanted to live with us. But she didn't get to see her mom. She came to stay with us in June and decided that she wasn't going back to her mom. And then her mom died the following February and she was going to go visit Christmas. Then she changed her mind. Then she wanted to go in January. Then she changed her mind. And then her mom passed in February. Off before that, she found her dog dead on January 11th. So it's just a lot for a 16-year-old. And she was already in therapy when she was in Charlotte with her mom. You know, she was having some emotional issues and, you know, just some things going on that we really don't know about. And she wasn't a talker. Um, she was a normal child up until, you know, because she, I've been on her since she was born. I've been with my husband since she was born. But um, she was normal. And then there was a two-year period where him yeah, at all. And then when she came back, she was a totally different child. Totally different. Totally introverted. Didn't want to be around people. Um, just a lot of social anxiety. Um, didn't want to go to school, so she homeschooled. The thought of going to school just created so much anxiety. I wasn't going to force her to go. But she did homeschool, and she did excellent. She got all A's. And that's only thing she did on her computer. She laughed. She took a shower every day and she kept herself up and, you know, she'd come out the room and talk. She wouldn't like sleep all the time. She just didn't want to be around people. I asked Sharon if Asia had any distinguishing marks like tattoos, birthmarks, or scars, and if she could describe what Asia may have been wearing at the time of her disappearance. Small, very tiny scratch, like on the middle of her chest, like, um, uh, sternum, yeah, right in the middle of her chest. It's a real tiny scratch. Okay. Probably either jeans or black leggings. Okay. Because that's what she wore most of the time. And some, I don't know if she had the sneakers on her feet or if she took them or her brand new white vans were missing. I think she had those on her feet. I asked Sharon whether or not Asia had a history of disappearing. Because unfortunately, with a lot of missing persons cases, 
people have had extensive periods of time where they've disappeared. And that sometimes is due in part to mental illness or substance abuse. But in Asia's case, this is completely different. She's a 16-year-old girl. She's a student. She's very introverted. And she doesn't have a lot of friends. And she really liked to hang out in her bedroom. No, that was never. I'm telling you, she's an introvert. The child never went anywhere. She never rode public transportation. She didn't have any friends here at all, Christina. After Asia's biological mother passed away, Sharon mentioned that Asia said that she wanted to be with her mother. As we were talking, I felt like I knew what Sharon was trying to say, but I wasn't sure. I have to be accurate when I feature these podcasts, so I had to ask a difficult question. Did Asia possibly mean she wanted to physically be with her mom, like maybe near her burial plot, or did she mean suicide? And this conversation was so hard for me because I've had family attempt suicide multiple times, and it was just a triggering question. But I thought it was important to clarify what Sharon was trying to tell me. Sharon did say that Asia didn't have prior suicidal ideations. She said she wanted to be where her mom and she said, you know, if her mom wasn't here, she didn't want to be here anymore. And she texted us all that morning and said she loved us. And then, like I said, about an hour later, her phone went dead. Oh, yes, like she wanted to die. As Sharon and I continued to talk... She said that there were recent sightings of Asia in the Fife area, near some sketchy hotels. Asia's dad has been in the area, and he's been handing out flyers of her and asking people if they've seen her. Her dad may have found some important information. There's been some, well, some recent reports that she's been sighted, like, in the Fife area, the, where all those trashy hotels and stuff are. My husband and a couple of his friends have been down there showing her picture and asking questions. And there's been a few people, like, across town, like, from different areas, saying the, giving the same exact information. It is. And he ran into a little girl the other day, and she said, um, she told him, oh, he showed the picture, and she goes, yeah, what's her name? And when my husband told her her name, she goes, oh, yeah, Asia called me last night looking for drugs. So, my feeling, my strong feeling, is that some sicko got his hands on her, and, um, you know, you know what they do to young girls. She was a baby. She was innocent. And never had a boyfriend.
I asked Sharon if her family has considered hiring a private investigator. Now, I know private investigators can be very, very expensive. However, there are some private investigators that will do pro bono work. She said that they did not hire a private investigator, but they were going to issue a reward. However, the authorities advised them not to at this time. Sharon did say that they reached out to a medium for help and were able to gain some insightful information. Um, we haven't. Um, we thought about putting out a reward, and we still are. I mean, the police told, told us to not do it at first. But um, now that those um, people are saying that she's been cited, and it's been more than two or three people saying it, they're thinking of um, asking reward flyers around in that area just to see if people will talk because there's so much drug activity going on down in that area. You know, sometimes those people will talk for us. We have uh, reached out to um, a well-known, um, like a medium. And... Um, she told us some things that were, like, right on point. Like, uh, she's uh, struggling psychologically and that she sees her with some bad people that's mistreated her and that she feels like she deserves a treatment, that it was an abduction, but it's not an abduction like she's being held against her will. That she feels like she deserves to be treated like that. And that she's dealing with a lot of, um, she's very confused, doesn't want to live, um, a lot of anger and resentment, a lot of guilt. I asked Sharon if she feels if the police are helping. Now, I ask this question quite a bit, and most of the time the answer I get is no, the police aren't helping us. In Asia's case, the answer is the same. Now, I'm not big into police bashing. In fact, I come from a family of police officers, and I support them 100%, so in no way am I attempting to devalue our officers in blue. As I've said before, Police agencies deal with budget cuts and staffing cuts on a daily basis, and most of the time, the missing people make it back home in 24 hours. But Sharon doesn't feel that her stepdaughter's case is being taken as seriously as she would like. She also said, while we were talking, that brown children's lives aren't valued as much as white children, and there's something to that statement. As a psychology major, I'm well aware of gender and racial disparities in society, and that includes media, but I wanted to include a study, which you can find in the description link. It doesn't take a study to know that racial disparities are real and part of our society, but according to two doctors who are professors in communication at Ohio State and Rowan University, when it comes to media attention with minorities, such as 
African Americans, they're truly underrepresented. And the reason, well, blacks are typically viewed as criminal and whites typically the victims. Owners of the big media platforms are typically white. Ergo, many stories are going to cover white subjects, i.e. missing children. In this case, and they look at their audience. If their audience is mostly white, they're going to feature mostly white missing children. But I think this is slowly changing, at least I hope so. But the fact is, minority kids and adults just simply don't get the media attention they deserve. I haven't talked to him in nine months. And when I did call yesterday and told him about the sightings in Fife, he said that, um, he said that if he were me, I would call the fight. He would call the fight police. I mean, he's just not very helpful at all. And I just, I just, I just get disgusted. So I don't really talk to him that often. Yeah, but they haven't been very helpful. And I think that, um, you know, I just, I just think that little brown children's lives aren't valued like white children's are. I reached out to the Kent Police Department for a statement, and I have to say Commander Hollis was more than communicative with me. And he gave me the following statement, quote, Asia Wilbon is now 17 years old. Asia disappeared almost a year ago on February 13th, 2020 from her father's home on the West Hill of Kent. There were indications that Asia may have been near the Des Moines waterfront and or near a Federal Way Transit Center shortly after she was last seen by her family. Asia was depressed at the time She disappeared due to the recent passing of her mother, who lived in North Carolina. Kent detectives have investigated every lead presented, both in and out of state, but she remains missing. Her family has not heard from her since the date she disappeared. If you believe you have seen Asia, please call the Kent Police Department tip line at 253-856-5808 and reference Kent case number 20-2105, end quote. I also asked Sharon whether or not there's been any search and rescues regarding Asia, and she did say yes, that there were search and rescue dogs out there trying to pick up a scent. So they did have search dogs out there looking. I asked Sharon if the media has covered Asia's story at all because truly some missing persons just aren't covered. She said that Q13 was going to do a story on her stepdaughter Andre Taylor did a Facebook live session and the Auburn examiner did a story. Unfortunately, Asia just hasn't had enough media attention. One guy, uh, uh, Andre Taylor, we did a, a 
not a podcast, but we did a session on Facebook Live with him, and that was when she first went missing also. But no, nothing. The news, um, she was in the Auburn Examiner. They did it last year. K-13 has reached out to us. They're going to run her story, or they did last week. The lady called my husband yesterday, and she said that she was going to try to get permission from her management team to match our reward to kind of boost it up to $10,000, but we haven't heard back from her. And that is uh, Q13 out of Seattle? Yes. Sharon said that her daughter posted on Facebook, and she would get comments such as, well, you don't know what she's running from. Statements like these are so hurtful to families who are suffering. Even though Asia suffered with emotional issues, which were probably situational and self-esteem issues, her disappearance doesn't necessarily mean she was running from anything. Sharon was her best friend. They loved each other very much. So if you're on social media, please just be judicial with your words. Be kind and be supportive. Sharon and her husband just want to bring Asia home, and they're having to cope with her disappearance, lack of media attention, and social media posts that are just not supportive. You know, when you know your child, but people, you know, people automatically think the worst. Like my daughter posts on Facebook and they say things like, well, you don't know what she's running from. And, you know, it's always the negative stuff. And it's like, you don't even know the situation, you know, to, you know, for a teenager her age to have to deal with losing their mom, you know, it's just, it's hard. And then to have emotional issues going on on top of that and then not feeling like she has self-esteem issues and then not being able to let that out and talk freely for some reason. You just, I don't know what was going on in her little head and that's why it hurts me so bad because I thought that we were friends. She told me I was her best friend. She used to tell her friends I was her best friend and I always talked to her and begged her. You know, if you ever felt like you wanted to do anything to hurt yourself, would you please tell me? I'm getting emotional now. It's just hard for me to fathom that baby out here in this world by herself. She can't do it, and for being out here by herself like that, it's nothing good. It's nothing good. As always, I like to ask family members to share happy moments of their loved ones because it humanizes the missing person and more importantly, it lightens the mood after having such sometimes dark discussions and talking about difficult topics. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of good memories. I mean, we did a lot of stuff as a family. Um, you know, we talked about her. I try to bring her name up all the time because I want, you know, I'm hoping that one day she comes home. But well, all of my memories are happy of her. I mean, she was a a beautiful, smart little girl. I'm just, it just hurts me that she just took off like that and went outside. I know she wasn't in a good headspace. 
she wasn't somebody who could just go out there and survive in this world. She 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 didn't want to be out there. She wanted to be in her room. She was a germaphobe. She took two and three showers a day. You know, she just she was happy as long as she was in the house. I asked Sharon if she had a message that she wanted the community to hear. And I also asked her if Asia is out there listening, does she have a message for her as well? She is in danger. I feel like she is in very serious danger. It's not like her to just go out and navigate. She didn't know anybody. She knew nobody. Just that we love her and that we miss her. Our lives have been torn apart and we just want her back home. We just want her back home. Okay. And that anything we can do to help her, we are here for her. Thank you for listening to In Search of Missing in America. I appreciate any feedback from listeners. So send me an email, in search of missinginamerica at gmail.com, if you have a case you're interested in hearing. While it's not necessary, if you want to become a listener supporter, you can. Go to anchor.fm forward slash help find the missing and click on the listener support link. Here you can subscribe by contributing 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month. It will help with podcast equipment and other expenses. Thanks again so much for listening and please be safe. I don't normally podcast on missing children. In fact, This is the first podcast I've done on a missing child, so needless to say, it was a very difficult one. And while I was working on it, I couldn't help but think about the book, An Orphan's Tale, by Jay Nugenborn. There was a quote in the book that said, There's no word for a parent who loses a child. A wife who loses a husband is called a widow. A husband who loses a wife is called a widower. A child who loses his parents is called an orphan. There is no word for a parent who loses a child. That's how awful the loss is 